Blog Talk Radio. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gon' body this hood politics, acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One knee. I duck, could it be my time is up With my luck, I got up The cops shot again, bus stop glass burst A fiend drops his Heineken Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in Blacking out, I shoot back Fuck getting hit, this is my hood I'm a rat, to the death of it, to everybody Come on, little niggas is grown Look rats, don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon, shit from the stars Sun and the moon, and it's like a police chase The street sweepers and coppers Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die Peace, peace, Wakusu. Wake up, clean up, king up, queen up, and definitely stand up. It's your brother Yang and Kuma coming to you again on the Tuesday. What's going on, Makeda? Everything's good. How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, like every Tuesday, I get excited, bright, to to be with my sister again on air to continue. A lot of times to continue our off air conversations and just to get out there and be with you guys. <laughs> You guys that listen, you guys that actually tune in on the Tuesdays and come back and check us out and uh, are what contribute to the energy that, it, for me anyway, and I'm willing to venture out there right. for Makeda, contribute to the energy and keep us going. But this is what I want to say, Makeda. Look, man, I was watching television. We got this new television thing going on. So the queen hooking up the television. And in the process of mm-hmm. hooking up the television, uh, it said you have the option to pause or rewind live television. Did you know about that? <laughs> Look, okay, so I don't watch TV. I'm sorry, I, okay. I and I'm 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 very limited on how much I even understand how to operate a television. But uh-huh. I cannot, for the life of me, wrap my mind around. Rewinding live television. Man, it had me baffled for forty minutes before the show. I have talked to anybody. <laughs> I started to re- I started to call you back. I really did because I'm like, man, if we're not living in the May, you mean to tell me that we've given over <laughs> all? First of all, all our logic and reason that that is impossible to do. But secondly, for them to even be so bold. I've lost Makeda for a minute. She'll jump back in. But for them to be so bold as to suggest that they have the technology or the capability to freeze, pause, or rewind live television speaks to an arrogance 
I didn't even think any human being would have. And the arrogance it speaks to, did I tell you I was going to do this? I told the point, the arrogance it speaks to is that we have you people, and I'm talking to black people because that's who I belong to. We have you guys so bought into our system and our concept of time that that we are the masters of it. The white man, I'm going to say the white man, is the master of time. How? Because he can freeze it for you. He can rewind it. He is telling you we have disability. You can freeze live television and rewind live television up to an hour and 30. We have you believing that we can at least control an hour and 30 minutes of time. That's how I know time, as understood now, is a man-made construct. That was proof in the pudding. I don't know whether to be frightened or insulted. Frightened because a people have grown so audacious, have grown so bold in their statements and declarations as to their powers. You know, my guy, Queen Maga, Queen Nikki did a show called Mind Control. You should go back and check that out. If this isn't mind control, I mean, in your face, sucker MC, here it is. We control live. You can pause and rewind live time. And you Negro, but I know some of y'all probably bragging on that feature. Yeah, man, got this new uh, 75 inch. And uh, look here, look what it do. It pause live and it rewind live. <laughs> yeah. Some of you are probably even bragging on that. It's frightening. It scared me. I didn't know what the man. I know you cats that don't drink or partake in any drug, I bet y'all getting high in there. If you were as frightened as I was at the implications of that, oh man, yo. The show's about black family. But I had to throw I had to throw that out there because uh yeah, it's real. It is real, real. It's really real. My guy got on my guy on the television actually said that. And he wasn't the voice. Wasn't like it wasn't a joking voice. It was dead serious. It was like you can pause live television, rewind it up to an hour and a half, and was dead serious. Man, I didn't know. You know, I just didn't know how to take that. That's just all uh, it is. I didn't you know, know how to take that. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, I could say to make me understand. To I, nothing. And again, because I don't, I don't, I, I really don't engage in it. Like, <laughs> you, I'm you, so lost. You can I'm so lost. It, like I was just saying, you had dropped off, and I, I'm not going to go through it right. all again. But I was just saying, you know, telling our listeners here, if you can understand it, you really have bought into their mastery. You have, they are letting right. you know that we control time so much that we're telling you. We can control it. This guy on the television and, and said it in a straight voice. He wasn't joking. Said, you can <laughs> rewind live up to an hour and a half, up to 90 minutes. I said, man, that's an hour and a half. <laughs> of lying. How do you do that? You know, so <laughs> the audacity to tell you we got you so jacked up that I can tell you that with a straight face. I can tell you, you can pause live mm-hmm. television. That's like, what do they got a button in the studio that say one, two, three, green light? 
when do the red light or something, do they all freeze? <laughs> How do you rewind live television? I mean, it's just, ugh. Oh, but you know what? That that, but that goes to show how much we've allowed our perception of reality yes. to be bent. Yes. What is real yes. to be bent. Yes. Like that's exactly. I look that. at it and I, man, whatever. That's, <laughs> that's exactly. That's how I look at it. I ain't trying to That's the frightening part. Right. Us right. as individuals. Right. right. But I mean, you think about and us because we're from an era where we know better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just didn't right. make sense. But when you're in this digital age where everything is digital and computer and everything's possible through digitronics, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything Like my son, here's when I knew that we live in a, a whole new era. I was telling my son, I said, son, I remember when the microwave had knobs like a television. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, said, I do. I, was telling, I do. I was telling my 12-year-old. I was like, yo, I remember microwaves had knobs like a yo, television. Yo. You know what he asked? You know what he asked me? What? He said, Dad, what's a knob? What's a huh? television knob? <laughs> He's from the era where they don't have television knobs. He don't know what a television knob is. I said, damn, you're right. He said, Dad, what's a, te- what you, a television knob? What is that? I'm like, that's how we used to change it. Y'all didn't have button remotes, buttons, and now the TVs don't even have buttons on the TVs. You don't, I, I feel, listen, let me tell you something. You TV makers, I'm going to get in the remote control business because you guys have got <laughs> If you lose a remote, forget about all of that, trying to find, first find where the damn buttons are, then trying to find if it's the volume button, the up and down button, Man. forget about it. Man. If you don't have a remote, Man. Let's talk about it. You want to talk about pausing live and rewinding live. We're living in that age where everything is robotic, autotronic, digimonic, and we are really losing contact not just with human social interactions, but with human intellect and sense. Somebody told me today they could pause live television. Right. They have created – you talk about the Matrix. They have created our – McKay, do you hear what I told you? Somebody just on a whole TV, a whole white man, said on my TV, he can pause my live television <laughs> and take it back 90 minutes. Popping live TV isn't good enough. If I want to take live back, if I want to rewire life, he can do that for me. Right. Damn. Right. At the push of a button. If that's the case. Is it one reason look, we've lost human sensibility? We done lost our damn minds. We've completely given over not just our physical powers, but our intellectual powers to automatronics. Right. Right. Absolutely. How about this? Where's the time machine at then? If if you can pause and and stop and rewind, where's the damn time machine? That's all I'm saying. Can we go back? They just created it. (laughs) They just created it. They just created it. Good. They just created it. They just created this time machine. When they could rewind, when they told us, when we, if we begin to accept that they can rewind, rewind live, they created because. And, and one of the th- reasons I say this here's why I use this as a substantiation, if any, if it can be. Um, a lot of people already live their lives according to media, according to the. Hype. True. I, I was watching uh, an interview when the World Trade Centers were brought down. And they were interviewing a first responder. And the guy said, and I saw him coming down, yada, yada. And he said, what just stuck out to me, he said, and it was like a movie. 
I just for some reason mm-hmm. it just was odd that 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 he made that reference. Mm-hmm. But then I began to realize, mm-hmm. you know, my children through my children, like I said, we're generating. We got to understand this. You know, we get so absorbed in ourselves that we think that the attack is specifically against us. I'm not going to say directly because it is directly against us mm-hmm. as us being a member of a race. But we think it's specifically mm-hmm. against our old booties. They're waiting for our old mm-hmm. tails to pass on off, to, to peacefully wander on out to, to pasture. And it's these youth, these young minds that they are already starting at two and three. If I can get you to believe that I can part, and I'm sorry, you guys, I know I'm harpery. I know I'm stuck on this. But yo, <laughs> damn, you know. So if at two hey. or three you can get me to believe, you have the ability, you have mastered the capability of Paul of stopping live time and rewinding it. You have now not only through your religions and through your society laws have shown that you're privileged, entitled, and special being white. You've told me that you have mastered really all there is the master, and that's time, life itself. You are the master. Shit. If I buy into your system, I have just really get, you can freeze live time? Shit, what else is it? Man, damn. You can rewind live time. If at two or three I buy into that and give you that ability, by the time I'm an adult, I have really given you ultimate authority. I have really signed myself over to your construct, to your matrix. I really have. I plug my damn self in. So it's the babies. It's not our old asses. You know, man, don't get me on. What do you think about this? There I go. It just really tell and the show folks be on black. Well, I guess in a way this is black family. Well, you know what? That's what I was gonna bring it back to. Like, I mean, for real, that speaks to our our need to wrap it back into being self determined and having you know, and actually exercising our intellect and actually putting mm-hmm. forth whatever it is that works in our interest, not because somebody is telling us what to do and how to define ourselves and how to relate to ourselves and how to view the world from, you know, our own perspective. Like we have to, we we have to enact that for ourselves. We have to. And if we, you know, if we take our families back, redefine the family, you know, deciding what, how this thing looks and what goes out from it and what we not going to accept. You know what I'm saying? If my child brought me some, oh, yeah, I, Ma, I could, you know, I could rewind this. This live TV, I could rewind it and, nigga, please. Okay. That's what I got for you. And I'm going to handle right. you like, you know, I'm going to give you that bubble right. spank and sit you down and make you realize because evidently yeah. you just stepped that, outside yourself. That boo-boo the fool spank. <laughs> and all of reality. <laughs> if you exactly. think somebody, because you just heard it, but we've heard so much. We've heard so much. We've heard so much about ourselves. We've heard, you know, and and we can see clearly. We can see where we're going. We can see what we're doing. We can see how we're relating. But because Mm -hmm. something else has stepped in from the outside and has made a suggestion to us about us, and we haven't put forth our own initiatives, and we haven't, you know, we haven't decided that, no, we're not taking anything from the outside and applying it to what's going on in here. Our reality, our reality, you know. Um, yeah. 
creating this that is reality. the problem. Part of the problem. Yeah. Not this ain't the whole problem. <laughs> part of the problem. But it's a very. It's like you said. It is a very big part. It's a very yes, big absolutely. part of the problem. And one of the ways they ease it in there on us is through convenience. You know, when you can when you control this is why I self today. Listen. Listen to the audience. And and, and let me get the thing. You're, you're listening to Let's Talk About It. You got me and Sister McCade on right now, waiting for our brother to chime in. And we're just talking about, you know, we're talking about black family in general. But we started out on this topic on just really how society and specifically we're talking about white people because in America there's no way around. White dominance, white supremacy. There's no way around. Right. It's a it's establishment. I'm not saying we accept it and we live by it and we love it, but that this country was established on that principle, on that philosophy and ideology. Therefore, right. its norms, its customs and traditions are going to be birthed out of those principles and philosophies. So everything that we get from them are going to, I'm saying all that to say that everything they get from these holidays, traditions is going to be to promote, to enlist, to uplift, to all of that, to exacerbate white male supremacy. All of that mm-hmm. somehow ties into that, consciously or subconsciously. So this whole thing of them having the audacity to say now that they have mastered the capability <laughs> to freeze live television and to rewind it gives them an ultimate authority that should be frightening, especially when I say they do this, since they control society like that and they control, um, they put such a squeeze on it to where we're surviving. So we're working, we're out hustling, trying to make it. And, uh, and the television has become a very major influence in households and specifically house black households. And Very so true. even though what I realize now, even though we may monitor the programming, it's not so much even the programming, it's the whole contraption of the TV, like Makeda said and didn't directly say, it inadvertently being a time machine. That whole damn thing, mm-hmm. I got to rethink the whole contraption of the damn thing. It's teaching my right. children that it has the ability to freeze live, that it can rewind right. live. Yeah, to us, that's foolish, but to a three- or four-year-old. So I like you said, the talk right. you had, Jim McCato. When my child comes to me, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give him the boo-boo speech. But, Dad, I can freeze. Hmm. I'm going to say, sit down. Because if you buy that, <laughs> then you will buy a fridge in Brooklyn. So sit on down. Hello. Let me have this boo-boo speech with you. If these folks got you thinking they free something live, I said, boy, can somebody tell you pause and rewind what you did an hour ago? You can't even remember what you did an hour ago. Forget an hour ago. Forget an hour ago. A few seconds ago, you will not. A few seconds ago. It won't happen. (laughs) I can't tell you sit your jumping butt down for five minutes, let alone pause you. You can't pause. (laughs) I tell you sit your knuckles. Sit down, boy. Huh? Sit down. Huh? Sit down. You know? (laughs) So so this is what they're telling you, son, and they're telling you they have given you the, the... they have the power to do that, and they've given you the ability or the capability of doing it at the push of a button. They're, they're tapping you but into you know the what? matrix. I don't know how I'm going to make it say it in his language, but it's, that's the yeah. frightening part of the implications, what they're telling our children, that we have ultimate, we control time. Well, what, what, you, said about, what you said about the concept of time. 
the need for them to always, you know, enforce and push this whole idea of white male dominance, you know, it's in everything. It's in every single thing, you know, um, that we do. So we should, we should expect that it would happen. You know, it would, it's going to happen, but we have Mm -hmm. to be able to fight it. We have to have our own mechanisms for responding to it and saying, you know, and, and guiding the reality and bringing, bringing our children, our youth and, and some of these older folks too. Like I, there's somebody that's especially close we to can, me. We can't he often, he often makes, li- I mean, not slander libel. Can we, in that false advertisement, can't we go after Right. Somebody? Exactly. Can we still, right. Like, we won't <laughs> stop saying that because yo, that's an impossible. You you freeze the line and rewind it. Well, it's, right. I don't know what called it. Well, live television. That's a whole different world. I don't know what disclaimer they would use to wiggle or out. Or how of they it. can it's how they can define it to circumvent the whole the whole right you lying piece. <laughs> right, the whole lying piece. Yeah, false advertisement. How are you getting around that? Right. If not, then if if you get around that, we need a. Human sensibility police. I volunteer to be on mm-hmm. that panel. We need a human sensibility. Okay. We need people to say, man, stop that damn dumb stuff. Stop dumbing down okay. America in general and black people specifically. Hey, you white conservatives, y'all should be frightened. They're dumbing down America. You guys should <laughs> be upset. Okay. But hell, have you voted for okay. Trump? Y'all dumb assholes anyway. Excuse me. <laughs> have y'all dumb Dumb dumbs anyway. Y'all probably the live. They're not, right, the live we're not dumbing down folks. people that already can't think for real for themselves. Exactly. So hell, y'all, you know, y'all probably them people. Y'all just buying. Y'all just buying what's being put out there. This is exactly. Whatever. whatever. You know, whatever. But you know, they, but you, guys you know what? Right I, you know, whatever. another Man, part of that the whole thing, and mm-hmm. and us not us not defining anything in our lives is actually being able to critically think and define what reality is, you know, mm. because there are things that even, even things that we see that we can, we can misconceive as realities. You know what I'm saying? As something that's real right. because we don't right. know anything beyond it. We haven't been, mm-hmm. we haven't been taught to think beyond the things that we've seen, wow. that we see that are illusions you know, created by this this larger system. So, can you hear me again? It, it goes back to redefinition okay, of anything that that, my mic comes, that comes into contact. Hello, hello. With us. Okay, good. Because I want to smoke. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. I was on mute, so I can hear you better. Okay. Okay. But yes. Yeah, okay. So you know, yeah. we, we have to be able to we have to be able to redefine everything everything and mm-hmm. say what's real what's not real what do you, what you see that you think is real that's, that's not right. real and be able to give you know be able to give a critical perspective to it so that you know we can learn how better to think critically when you know we don't have those guides or people who are here pre you know pre whatever that existing um that is this that existing illusion was, you know, or is that can tell us, you know, that can guide us and say, hey, that's not real, though. You know, this started off exactly, this way. Like we can actually said. 
critically think about these things, huh? You touched on that. When you said, I, you, I, to me, you said a very key point. You were like, you know, being able to distinguish what reality is or being able to defy mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. our reality is. Because this is proof positive. And even we go into black family that we have given them control to defy yeah. reality. Not just our reality, yeah. but reality generally. They are defying reality. Right. If they defy reality, that means they give the options for the choices and ultimately can predict. That's how they do these senses and these companies do, um, do these predictions for what they're going to have and how many customer base. Even, I'm told, prisons do that off of mm-hmm. uh, tests, third grade tests. You know, and that's mm-hmm. because yeah. they can create, they defy, right. Well, when you defy the reality, when you create the conditions, and then you give the options for the choices people have to make, you can all but predict what they're gonna, right. what choices they're gonna, like, they're gonna uh, choose. Yeah, it's like being a kid, and and you give your your child, uh, quote unquote, choices. Well, you can either wear this, or you can wear this. Now, you know the first option right. is something right. that you want them to wear. The second option is something that. Maybe it don't look so cool, but it's something that it's something that they like to wear, but it don't look they don't look that nice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you throw right. something in it that's gonna make it really look sucky but, and they go I mean, you know what they're gonna choose. They're gonna choose what right, but you and, want because it right. it makes it neat. You know, or it, it has it's more appeal. Yeah. And it's still something that benefits you. It's like I love the example. You give them the first outfit, it's what you like. You give them a second outfit. Mm-hmm. It isn't exact. It isn't your first pick. You know, you may not even like mm-hmm. it so much, but still, it's tolerable. You can do it, and it's something that they would tolerate. But it's not a choice. They right. don't know. You never gave them the option to match a match or to go get their own shit. He may want to put on cowboy right, boots and some shorts and a jacket. <laughs> right. right. But that's something you go. And that's what we're never. That's what we're not doing. Or that's not what. Uh, we've been allowed. Now that we know we haven't been allowed to look outside of the construct, we have to stop mm-hmm. asking and waiting for allowances and rip the construct. Do what we're doing now. Expose the false authority. Right. Expose the contradiction, the oxymoron in pausing life. You know what I'm saying? Expose mm-hmm. to how the arrogance and audacity of a people to get to a point where they will even, with a straight face, suggest that they have the ability to do right. this miraculous freaking thing. You know what I'm saying? We have to question right. that, and and not only do we question it, use it as proof that black people, you too, just like they're creating a reality for themselves and for you, they're yeah, creating a reality exactly. for themselves, and they've written your script where you fit in conveniently. And advantageously, advantageously for them, meaning you serve, it's, it's, it's good. The role they've written for you in their reality serves their purpose. So that's just proof positive that we have the ability and the authority, the right to create our reality. We have to stop saying what ain't going to happen, what can't happen, what we can't do, what does it, because that's their reality. can happen. Absolutely. It will happen. 
if we just make it happen. Right. And, know, and we have to we, and we also have to challenge those who who will make excuses. Those those in our own families, those who come from us who, you know, oh well it's just entertainment and it's just this and it's just that and make them understand like for real, if it was just that, you know what I'm saying, why why is it so insidiously placed in a in a in a way for you to constantly consume that that little bit of just, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and that little bit of just then becomes, you know, it becomes permanently embedded in you as reality. It's real to yeah. you, and you and we then you justify it. and you turn around and you defend mm-hmm. it by going, it's just this or it's just that. If it was just that, then you could accept that I'm saying something and telling you something that you should be rejecting and reject it. If it was just that, if it was just you know what I'm saying? You would not defend yep. it if that's all it was, yep. but it's not. It's not. It's a constant that, feeding of of an idea, you know, mm. just like them drawing Jesus white. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now we have this, this, this whole thing where we don't challenge white folks because yeah. our God is white. Yeah. Our God yeah. is white. Yeah. That's real. That is real. And you know, our God is white. Therefore, these good white folk must be related to God. These good right. white folk, and you must be white. And we must yep. do what you say. Yep, yep. You must know better. You're created to do the bond. But you know, one of the things I always go back to that morals and ethics. When you lose mm-hmm. the morals and ethics, what is right? Morals is that just that what is right and exact. And right and exact should be defined as what is what is in the best interest of your people. That's what's right and exact. Not right and exact. You know, too many times we become moralists and we become humanists right. before we're before we're black. You know what I'm saying? We right. want to try to judge what's right and exact for humanity. The problem with that is there is what one man's right is always somebody's wrong. Anywhere in the mm-hmm. world. Anywhere in the world. Right. No People yeah. are going to agree on completely the same things in governing their lives because right. there's always a give and take situation. And for the most part, nobody likes to be in the, the, the position of doing a lot of the giving. So people position and jockey themselves to or fight to jockey themselves to be in a position to be on a lot of the receiving. So you're not mm-hmm. going to, so in philosophies, ways of life, religion, political ways, you know, people are going to be fighting for what's in their best interest. Black people, since we don't view like that, we come with this humanitarian thing, we go along to get our power scattered. We're with other, whatever we think is right at the moment, which puts us in opposition to other people. Regardless of what we're out mm-hmm. there doing, black people, listen to me. If whatever you belong a part of, there's another group that's in opposition to that. So if that's the case, why don't we all just come together and let them, since they're in all opposition, since everybody's in opposition against us anyway, should we all might as well just come together? This Democrat, Republican, Muslim, Christian. Right. We're joining all these other groups, lending our energy to what they already have beef that is before us. You know what I'm saying? And come together and mm-hmm. say, since y'all got beef with us for just being black, we might as well not jump in extra beef, 
trying to be go along to get along, you know. Right. And I, so Dif- it goes dividing back to, ourselves. Exactly. So it goes back to what you were saying about challenging their concepts of reality. They feel like, and we we do that because we feel like these are the only options we have. We really don't mm-hmm. stop to think about we have other options because we're bombarded right. with this. And then, and then I wanted to say to touch on, like when we touch on with uh, when they say it's just like I hear them say about mm-hmm. the music, it's just music, and we see the over sexualization mm-hmm. of our babies. See, we we we've, in my opinion, of course, we've lost some of our paternal instinct. We allow mm-hmm. our children to be exposed to any and everything. Mm-hmm. I was coming up in an era where, if I, even when I was talking, see my child right there, man, watch your mouth. Or when I was little, right. if adults around, they'd be speaking a language that I probably, they felt I shouldn't hear, they would tell other adults, the baby, man, the baby. You know, now right. we're going to be the babies, going out the room. Go another don't, room. Don't sit right. up and grow up mouth like that. In conversation, get out of my mouth. All that good stuff. So we <laughs> made that clear distinction. We had that clearly uh, what was adult content and what wasn't suitable for children. Now we just allow anything to go on. I even remember our radio program, our radio stations, wouldn't play a certain music to after like 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You know, these type of, now you got stations all day dedicated to this hip-hop in the name of artistic expression or art form. I don't believe in censorship, but I do believe in moral responsibility. And as black uh, communities, I even say in talking about black families, we have to go back and start to threaten these radio stations about playing certain things. Yeah. You know, that that whole idea of um, you know, challenging challenging those types of ideas that come from, from media and stuff like that. Um, the Ahura Movement came up with their own radio station, their own FM radio station in St. Petersburg, Florida. Nothing derogatory, nothing that is going to tear down the community. You mm-hmm. can, you know, these are, these are things that can be played on this radio station. There's plenty of this music out there. Now it doesn't get pushed. It doesn't get the push that other that other exactly. music gets. So you're not gonna have the the um the you know, that run of the mill, the 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 the, the yeah. what do you call yeah. it? The that cycled music, that constantly cycled music, the re- yeah. yeah, the play that, that gets, it's not gonna the station sounds completely different. But it also gives the option for people outside you know, who are creating content and creating this type of music to submit this music <clears throat> and get their music heard. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we need it. And we're trying to, you Absolutely. know, it's, it's our effort. It's our effort in an effort being self-determined and taking our communities back and reprogramming our communities that have been so damaged by the stuff that, you know, the images and the, 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 um, all of the the content, the sound, the you know everything has been so damaging to us mm-hmm. from the media, and how we just you know hey look, this is your this is your music, 
This is your radio station. This is for you to enjoy and be able to get something out of it, something that's going to enrich you. Yeah, we're we're colorful and cultural people, and, you know, we express ourselves in a certain kind of way. We can have – hip-hop ain't got to be garbage. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. the cesspool. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And for so long, it wasn't. It wasn't. But and I don't, you know what? Took, and for the most part, I don't even still believe that it it is. I like what you said. The cycle, the music, is just I think what's mm-hmm. promoted and pushed. What's right. promoted and pushed? You know, I've been checking Absolutely. out a few underground ciphers and sessions, and there's still some very creative uh, people out oh, there yeah. that are true to the art. Right? It's just what these distributors. Uh, I'm going to say forced on us through the radio programs, through the media, audio and video. I agree. You know, what what they they begin to control the narrative. And it goes back to what you're saying where about self-determination. We can control it. Two things it's going to take. Two things. My people out there listening, it's going to take, again, human interaction, black social interaction, we're going to have to get out there and work with the people, get to know one another. We got to, because it has to be a populist movement. It has to be a, a people's movement. And once right. we get out there and, and do, like what you guys are doing in St. Louis, you know, then see with that type of power, with the alderman and stuff, then we can go to these right. uh, radio stations and we can go to these uh, companies and we can threaten them. And when I say threaten them, you know, people say, what do you mean, Brother Yang, or threaten them? understanding how things work, how this system works, and one of the ways this system works. Right now, I would love for black people to be producers, but we're not. So mm-hmm. we have consumer power. Nobody has to force right. us. To, right. we, nobody can force us to spend our dollars. So we tell these companies that are advertising on this radio program, we won't spend one single cent with you guys. We will boycott you guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you keep... Right advertising on this radio program, on this radio station. If you use this radio station to say your company's name, we're going to boycott y'all, we're going to put you in the final call, we're going to do whatever. And once you start threatening, because this is a capitalist system, once that radio start, the radio program is run by its uh, uh, sponsors. And once these people Mm -hmm. become frightened to allow this radio program to even mention their name, the radio program has to start really listening to you, the people, as to what they're going to play, especially when they find out this is happening because of content or certain times of the day you're playing certain content or whatever that we find offensive to our people. We have to exercise the power that we do have, which is consumer power. It's unfortunate. Right. I would love for it to be a different type of power, but it is a power that we have. Yeah. It's a power we possess. We should utilize it. And, and, and get it to work for us in every way because cause we're spending anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's it. We got to make them fill us. Absolutely. got to make them fill us because that's too much. Control. You know, before we can get there, we do have to identify, you know, what it is that's going on and how these people are running a a ground of our communities. We have to. We yes. have to define the infraction before we can, you know, before we can penalize the infraction, you know, or we have to, we have to define the direction 
before we can say what's going against the direction. Yeah. You know, and that yes. and therein lies that whole piece of, you know, defining our move, our 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 trajectory. You know, mm-hmm. do we want healing? You know, I think about um we were talking about we were talking about something a couple of weeks ago and um you had mentioned you had mentioned you know, getting back to a certain point in our communities. And I think about this, you know, there was definitely, we, you know, a, a certain point where we, we obeyed a certain moral code. But I think about, um, you know, that as a reality, right? We were obeying moral codes that we picked up from another people. You know, we are we're functioning under the definition still um, of colonizers, and I think it's so necessary for us to get to a point where we're operating. I don't care how many different ways or how many bastard styles we got to incorporate in order to create something of our own, so that we can follow. And we can, you know, actually say this is ours and this is, you know, this is how we see this thing going as opposed to we got to do right because, you know, because of this book or we have to do right because we're following this or, you know what I'm saying? Like we really do, there really is a need for us to get in and create our direction. Like really, yeah, so that so that you know, from well, from I, the from our own hands, from our own experiences, from our from us just seeing what works and what don't work. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of stuff is has not worked for real. It still ain't worked. You know, even even from a moralistic <laughs> perspective, it didn't work. Real, you know, realistically for us. Um, so we, I, I think it's just really necessary for us to do the work of understanding and critically thinking about, okay, you know, if I have a, if I have a, a, um, I don't know, I, I want to say a young kid, that's, you know, in a relationship and they end up having, you know, they end up having children or whatever. Does it make sense that I put them out because they're pregnant or put them out the house because they're, you know, because this is what a lot of folks did. They didn't just send them to, you know, somebody else, another elder to raise them, which I think, you know, was an even better move (laughs) because, you know, the elder ain't going for no BS, you know, you're going to raise your baby. You're going to, you know, you're going to do what you're supposed to do by this, this kid. And you're going to become a parent, you know. But you have those now, and even in, you know, when I was younger, who would just kick their kids out. Like, what have you done Mm -hmm. effectively? What have you done to preserve your child and your grandchild? That's your grandchild. That is still your family. You know what? Can I jump in here on that? Because I I would like to talk on that. Because I'm ultra-conservative. Um, when we look at, I never 
personally, I would never advocate anybody kicking their pregnant child out. I think that that goes against all what we as self-determinists and people who are about uplifting the black race is about. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, we're not trying to create more harm for black people. I can understand. I empathize with the parents who have made that decision because they were caught in a quandary. They're coming from, and a lot of those have been people I age sometimes and older. Um, they were caught in the quandary of mm-hmm. how we were raised. That that was a that was not just a shame to the individual that was pregnant. It was a shame to the family. It was a shame to their beliefs. How they so they didn't know it wasn't. This is why we talk about redefining black family because it wasn't mm-hmm. a big commonplace when I was coming up. Teenage pregnancy wasn't as common. Now it still was a ooh, you know, so and so pregnant. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't that was a big seventeen when I was coming seventeen, eighteen. Somebody getting pregnant, be like, man, you know, so and so pregnant. It still was like a wow. She's mm-hmm. pregnant. Yeah. You know, it's still now it's like she, you know, shot is going on her third child, right? Man, so who's she pregnant by? Woo, but how many kids he got? See what I'm saying? It, it's no stigma. We, when we mm-hmm. talking, that's what I talk about morals. I don't care how it's handled. You know, back then mm-hmm. it was handled, it was a shame, send you to the elder. You couldn't be paraded in the community or it was shotgun marriages. Young man, you about to marry. Mm-hmm. This young lady, bastardism mm-hmm. wasn't the mm-hmm. order of the day. You know what I'm saying? Who's account? Who mm-hmm. is accountable for this child? You were tied to a family. When you went to go somebody. You know, you dating a little girl. You like a little girl. You walk home one too many times. The parent asks, "Who are you for? Where are you from? Who your people is?" You were tied to somebody. Right. Now you come home. It's some little Negro sitting on your couch, smelling like a pound of mar- old marijuana and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With your you don't know him, you don't know his people, you get a nickname from him, your child don't know who he male or female, they could be sitting out hanging playing video games. You don't know who your child playing video games with. You know, uh yeah. just so when we talk about more so even going to this whole pregnancy thing, like I said, I don't advocate anybody putting their child out, but are accepting of it. Without the, and I'm not even saying a stigma or shame has to be attached to it, but it, without the indoctrination of motherhood and fatherhood has been right. detrimental. There has there does need to be a a, a, a right a of passage, a you know, a, a right. something something that holds them accountable to their their station. It, that's what I'm saying. It's. Children are so over-sexualized now, and sex is so freely expressed, not just discussed, but expressed, that these real repercussions of, of children come, and they have it, we have it, we no longer have the society that addresses that, that says, hey, mm-hmm. sex out of wedlock, first of all, was taboo, shit, you couldn't just be openly, like, running around being sexualized, you was a freak, or this, or that, that wasn't super cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. no, that was no, you, no. You couldn't, baby. You couldn't call me a freak coming up. What? What? Exactly. Oh no, you know what you I'm saying. Lost your mind. So it wasn't. It you wasn't. You real cool. disrespectful so, right now. Real disrespectful. Even though, and, and yeah. so what it did. So the people that those of us that maybe if we thought we were players or had that lifestyle, 
People know that's a player. They call it labor. It wasn't all in the music. It wasn't life in mind when I think coming up anyway, and I could be biased. wasn't over-sexualized. Mm-hmm. Everybody had it mm-hmm. because we still had the standards. We had the morals. We had the norms. We still had marriage was still a very real institution. Mom, dad was still, grandmama was still a very real institution. I mean, not grandmama that was out there. I'm, I'm talking about those traditional grandmamas, big mamas. Right. I'm talking about these grandmamas now. Right. Thirty-two. You know what I'm saying? And she, grandmama, yeah. she's just she's now getting her life. She was pregnant at fifteen, so she just now right. getting her life. You feel me? Right. So her child fifteen. She thirty. Her child fifteen and pregnant, and she thirty. So she's about thirty mm-hmm. seventeen. Her child having a child. She thirty-two and a grandmama. I ain't watching shit. I'm going to go this, yeah, because she's 32, of course, and still your man, yeah. So we, this is what I'm talking about, right. we find the black family. That's a very real social phenomenon that's going on. Grandmama ain't it really is. That is grandmama now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. real talk. Grandmamas ain't like the grandmamas right. I see. These grandmamas are and again. about to These grandmamas jump out and beat you up. <laughs> They still banging, you know. <laughs> they still been right. These grandmamas still banging hard. So you know, this that's one of the reasons why when my daughter when my daughter had my grandson, mm-hmm. um, my daughter was twenty four. Look, I'm trying to remember. She's just twenty five now, I think. Twenty five. Um, she when she had my grandson. I felt it was necessary, first of all, because I had the I had the benefit of having my grandmother, I had an, an elder aunt, and I had my mother. I all of all of the women that were around me were guides on on that journey through motherhood. You know, when children are born, children are not born alone. Parents are born as well. Because mm, we wow. don't just know how to be parents. Wow. You know, this this doesn't just happen. So at the same mm. time children are being born, parents are being born. Mm. Um, and somebody wow. needs to help them through it. Somebody needs to be there to help guide them through that. So I was determined that, you know, I was gonna spend that time and I I gave I gave my grandson, you know, and by proxy, his parents. <laughs> I always say I gave my grandson my time, but I gave my grandson the benefit mm-hmm. of having his his grandmother, his duma, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to pick up where they didn't, they don't quite, they didn't quite know what to do, they didn't quite right. know how to do it, or if they had some, you know, if there were some some lags in, you know, somebody, y'all got to go somewhere. Y'all got to do something. You need time to, you know, to get there and adjust. I got, I'm here. I got the baby, you know, or I'll go with you so that you don't have so much that's overwhelming you. Like we have to realize that this is, this is all a part of supporting and raising your family, you you know, and creating, creating that net that helps make your, you know, helps helps really support what's going on in your family and how they'll come up after that. Hopefully, when my daughter has her first grandchild, she'll be the same way. You know what I'm saying? She'll know that this is a part of this this process. 
Your child is well, not going to know how to be, how to be a parent. Exactly, and that's right. what has to be normalized. That's what has to be taken. When we talk about black culture, our unique cultures, black Americans here, that has to be one of them, that normalization of it, the role of, because that's exactly in the black community, what a grandmother does. You've had the experience. You raised her. Right. So, yes, with the child, you know, you're coming in a little bit, like you said, I love that statement. When children are born, parents are born. You know what I'm saying? So while she, welcome to happy birthday, new mother, new father, here they have the grandparents, just that, the grandparents. They have the Mm -hmm. uh, experience. You have, they have the luxury of coming in with experience. You have the privilege and the blessing of having experienced parents in your life. But that has to be established. And when I say established as black culture, meaning that what helps us to advance as black people have to has to be the center of what we're using or has to be the standard for what we're using to define positive black culture. See, what will happen in that very positive interaction that you're talking about is someone will use another stand, another culture as a standard, mm-hmm. religion, you know what I'm saying? If they're, and I'm going to speak to them, right. maybe getting close home. If they're Islamic, they're going to use the Quran as that standard. So now you're expecting the grandparents to go by your standard. No. You're going to use Christianity. Right. You're going to use more. I don't want to be around them because they eat pork or because they worship Christ or because they celebrate Christmas. Black culture has to be able to transcend all of these man-made, all of these other cultural influences that come in. Black culture says, look, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. You know, I know it's Thanksgiving. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't, you know, I'm not a part of that, but I'm not going to allow that to um, be why I don't embrace and celebrate black family. And this is where we have to start making those distinctions. And it's important. And it's a tricky line because some people are going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Am I saying go over to somebody's house for Thanksgiving dinner? No, I'm not saying that. Am I saying cook a Thanksgiving dinner? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is right. understanding black culture tradition, what I'm saying is I'm not going to exclude. Like my son will be the first to tell you. He's getting him some gifts on Christmas. Amar will be the first to tell you. I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't give gifts, but I receive them. If he's with his grandmother or whatever, I don't say bring him on the 25th. You know, I, I'm not one of those people. Now, people have very staunch religion, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't hold to your religion. If your religion is going to hold to that, I question us to hold to it to the degree that we alienate our connection with our people. Nice. Therefore, raising nice. our cultural effectiveness and ties impotent. We don't get the best out of one another because we place other cultural influences at the center true. of how true. we operate. When black Very cultural true. influence should be, and what is black cultural influence? Anything that helps us advance. If black mama going to watch my baby because I got to do some work on Sunday. And yo, and everybody know my science is in Islamic science. And on Sunday, they got to do the church. And I got away missing this opportunity. Or 
having my child tag along to a church, I'm kind of going to weigh it from that perspective of what's advantageous for black people. You know what I'm saying? And this is not a knock on spirituality or the people who hold their religion very tight. If that's advantageous for you right now, then judge it from that perspective. As long as it's what's advantageous for black people, the betterment of black, not black individual, not makes you feel good, but what's advantageous to you, for you and to the people. You know, right. this is one of the things that I start to read for our black family. And I found when I start using that as a criteria, Makeda, that it not only gave me a lot more assistance from black people in my black family, but uh, it helped with my, my tolerance. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when I stopped using Absolutely. other cultural influences as my standard, yeah. it helped with my tolerance. When I used black cultural uh, influence as my standard, it helped with my tolerance because I began to empathize, uh, empathize and understand where my people came from. I stopped judging what, what you should do or how you were this right black man. It's no, I man, I, I'm trying say. to tell you. Look, and, and when I I'm say saying? it, when I'm saying I'm trying to tell you, I'm, I'm, I have done I have been on the other side of that thing and just been, like, insufferable. You hear me? For real. And I still have a certain kind of, you know, I still have a certain kind of something with certain, you know, the the holidays really do kind of of push me over the edge. And so my my guy, he celebrates Christmas and, you know, I'm like, wow, all the lights, huh? Yeah, Yeah, all the (laughs) lights, all the the decorations. (laughs) Man, that's it, man. Let me tell you, I'm not, that's a, man, that's a magic in itself. Let's not, that's a whole show. We're going to do a whole show on it because, you know, I I do, along with Islamic sciences, I really uh, acknowledge and even uh, accept and participate in some aspects of African cultural understanding. So magic Mm -hmm. is very real to me. Uh, and with that mm-hmm. being said, Christmas in itself is a very real magic. Man, I stepped mm-hmm. out of the house one day, and the neighbor down the street got a whole winter wonderland. I mean, he got the frosty, <laughs> the snowman thing. Man, and guess what I said when I stepped out? So I'm like, I said, wow. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's the Christmas man. Man, why, man he has a whole winter wonderland. It's man, It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I seen yeah. the funniest post. Let me share this real quick too. I seen the funniest post. It said, uh, "We're black." <laughs> it said, "We're black people." <laughs> it tickled you already. <laughs> it did because it talks about black people and their Christmas. You know when white people uh-huh. see Christmas lights, they say "Wow" and "Ooh," right? It said, "We're black." Oh people yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about already. I know. Did you yeah. see that post? Yeah. No, no I didn't, say? but I know exactly what you're talking about, right? What is, did you I know. tell me what, what black people say? Because the post show says it's what, about what that light bill. It's about that light bill. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because that is the truth. That's what the post said. <laughs> the post said when white folks see the lights, they say, well, when black folks see the lights, they say, I know they light bill high. I swear <laughs> that is. Man, I know. But a stitch because that is uh, 
Yeah, every black person I know. I've heard. Says, I've heard that my whole life. Yeah, I ain't gonna run no lie. You crazy? To America, <laughs> to Americas, to Americas, yeah. and Absolutely. that just goes to prove. And I, I'm I love that we can make a humor out of it, but it just it shows to Americas. You yeah. know, the first thing that you know, some people one America is very celebratory. Very participatory in it, and the other one, yeah. you see their economic class. We look at it as right. just that, an economic burden. Nonetheless, we feel the need to participate. Right. I know people right. who go through a complete depression if they can't get their child to tone control. I remember when I first yeah. told my mother that my children, you know, I accepted my faith. I don't know what she was thinking. This is when I was deep in Islam too. Told I was a Muslim. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, Christmas is its own separate thing. You know, people don't even <laughs> tie it to being religious anymore. I was like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. she's like, so what, you know, we do the kids for Christmas. I said, Christmas? She was like, oh, you ain't going to do Christmas? I said, mom, you know, I'm a Muslim. So you don't do Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, Yeah, that's usually how that works. So you mean to tell me <laughs> them kids ain't going to get nothing? I don't know how many ways I had to break it down to her. She, I, I thought she was going to call defects. Department of Children's Services on me. I really, she felt some kind of way. No, real talk. But, you know, there again, it goes back to at that time when I was insufferable. When I used other cultural influences to uh, base my decisions. So I deprived not only myself, not only my children and my mother out of what a couple years of what could have been a very beneficial economically, time-wise, for me, emotionally mm-hmm. supportive for my mother, and just uh, all-around beneficial for my child because I want to hold to some other damn cultural influences. Nobody got right. to from the, the, the black experience. Right. Right. You know, buy a humble Christmas. I could have been Ebenezer Scrooge, but that ain't got nothing to do with me. Let me have my own way. I, I should not because there's, there wasn't enough um, people adhering to the way of life that I hear to, even though it looks like it's mm-hmm. millions of thousands of people, right, to, right, right, to create a society that was supportive of the stances that I was taking, and the only thing I did right. was become very uh, oppressive and depriving of of my right. family with righteous intentions. I don't think I was in. You know what? And... Talk to me. What's up? I, I hear you. I hear you in this now, and I see. You know, I see the same thing in uh, my daughter's family. You know, I, and I and I really hope. You know, it's not my it's not my place to impose upon them how you know what my belief is or how I see things. Mm-hmm. And I've I've pretty much left my life open, and I've left I left their lives open so that they could choose my children, they could choose once they got older mm-hmm. what direction they wanted to go in. But her having chosen a certain lifestyle now, you know, and she she's also Muslim, her husband, Muslim, staunch. Mm-hmm. They not doing this, they not doing that, they not all I yeah. ever hear is what you're not yeah. doing. Yeah. That's all yeah. I really ever hear. And that's why I'm like, you yeah. know, you're not celebrating birthday like damn, really? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah that's not 
Yeah. No birthdays, no music, no none of that stuff. I've been there. It's it's one of those things that make years. you go seventeen years. All right, I'm gonna yeah. respect I'm gonna respect what you what you want, but I'm not gonna be participatory in it. Like okay, so mm-hmm. you don't do that right there. So what that means is that we're not going to be around each other at that point. We're not gonna be around each other at those points where, you know, you would normally be celebrating certain yeah. things. And I'm not going to be around when you're celebrating certain things because I'm not a part of what you're a part. So we're going to not be together during things that we would normally celebrate. And that means what? You know, that we don't, yep. we don't bond. There's nothing, there's nothing inside of our connection. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, we see each other every, Which everything is off of those dates. <laughs> and, it, and, and here's the unfortunate truth And I'm so sorry for my brothers That subscribe I've done it 17, 18 years Otherwise, I mean I mm-hmm. can, We'll have a program on that Should the brothers or sisters want to uh, I don't want to say challenge or debate it But discuss it um, But mm-hmm. you know it's designed that way Alien, Alienation, isolation You know to mm-hmm. get you To get put in that mindset But one of the things that I know Will happen more times than not is your is blackness is going to win through, and a lot of times it affects the sisters faster than the brothers. Being a mm-hmm. black woman will begin to mm-hmm. dawn on her quicker than being a black man because the um, the lack of direction in being a black man leads to the more rigid adherence to a doctrine because that is direction. For the black man, mm-hmm. that understanding of Islam will hold him a lot longer for the black woman. After a while, who is the source of direction, who has the always have, has been the one that has had the ability to kind of forecast and kind of know that maybe we, might, we need to pull up here, maybe this or that. Just, you know, right now I venture to say, and I'm not going to read her mind, they would tell you, he would say, as I would say, and your daughter would say, Wallahu a'ilam. Allah is the best to know. So I'm not going to pretend to read her mind, but I will say, but I will, right, absolutely. But I will say this, that that maternal instinct, that black maternal instinct will come in, the whole grandchild, grandmother thing going to come in, the whole relationship with her mother, the questions that you raised, you're not even going to have to push. The very Mm -hmm. black nature will kick in. And I know that that brother is going to be hip enough to change with it, so I'm not going to speak negative. So we're not even talking about their instance. So let's talk hypothetical other people. For those other people, other couples that don't, those men that are so staunch and don't see it coming and put that cultural influence, that doctrine before their wives and before being black, they miss out. I have Mm -hmm. been, and I'm not... I'm going to share this with the listening audience, and I'm not the, so proud of this, but within that religion, I have had a couple wives, like two or three, mm-hmm. in fact. And the turnover mm-hmm. rate of the wives in religion with the black woman is because I was out of my body. I was emulating not only an Arab man, but an historic Arab figure. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. like, not only am I trying to be... Uh, T.D. Jakes. I'm trying to be Jesus, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I mean, excuse my language. 
So I'm not trying to be a righteous Arab. I'm trying to be Muhammad. I'm trying to be a historical Arab figure. So even the Arabs don't relate to what the black man is doing. So when you look at it, and I've lived amongst them, been amongst them, uh, and I realized that at some point when it dawned on me that I was a a novelty. Mm -hmm. I was cute. I was looking to Negro <laughs> emulating right. us. I would. You ever seen the white guy that want to be black? Right, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? The I was that. You know, we call them wiggers. I was the blarab. I was a black Arab. Mm, okay. I was cute. I was a novelty. <laughs> I was a blarab. You know, I was a black Arab. I was cute. I was a novelty. I was looking. Ibrahim, come here. Say the so and so. And then look at the little black man speak to Arabic, and he's trying. Look at him. He's so beautiful. You know, and and yeah, I realized yeah. when I started having these, we're talking about black families, these relationship problems and the inability uh, to communicate and just, we were just missing one another. Like, I was like, what is wrong with you? Because you're not making sense of what you're saying because it's not Quran and Sunnah. And she's like, what is wrong with you that you don't understand what I'm saying that I have to speak that way that you're not being relatable. Right. You know, cuz at the right. you know, cuz at the end it, at the end of the day, that's what um it should all be about. Black family, the promotion of black family, positivity, mm-hmm. success, prosperity, all of those good things. And when we run across real life, I don't want to say issues, just real life situations. They only right. become issues based on the resources that we use to deal with them. So these real-life situations became my issues when I went into Quran, not like I do now, looking for a science for a black man, but when I went into Quran uh, from this mindset of what the sheikh told me and this and that, like I'm willing to guarantee you, when you talk to him, or any, not even him, but any Muslim that holds that, that rigorously, to the, the way mm-hmm. that it isn't, they leave Quran, they leave even the way of Muhammad, they're going to start telling you what some sheikh said. And that sheikh mm-hmm. or that teacher is going to be some man from Arabia. And yeah. that's where they yeah, lose it. They indeed. swear they quote from Quran and Sunnah and tell you what sheikh so-and-so said. Because sheikh so-and-so said about that verse, yeah, brother, but what you say? Not what I say, brother. What the sheikh? No, no, brother, what you say about that verse? Right. You know? They get on me all the time. Right. I was sharing with someone in my last thing about this. Um, in the Quran, you know, they don't like my interpretation. In the Quran, Allah says, Nahnu. God says, we. And remember, we. And remember when we did this and we said and we going to do. And, you know, I ask the people, well, who is the we? You talking about one God, who is the we? And I get all of these answers. And they say, well, who you say the we is? I say the we is simply you. You and God. You was with God in the beginning. God said, we did this. I said, that's what the Muslims say, Nachanu. We. The Christians say, when the, Moses asked, he said, God, who are you? He said, I am. I am. Mm-hmm. There's no, but these religions will hate that you equate yourself with God, that you see God in yourself, and that you know that these right. are, as African people, like Very I tell true. us, and this is, you know, we're going to get on back on the show, as African people, um, I tell us 
that we have been a, a moralistic. I, uh, we're moral people. So it isn't so much, and then this goes into defining ourselves. It isn't so much as the literal sense of these stories when I read. It's not so much literal, how I take it, but what's the moral of the story? It's not so much the literal mm-hmm. figure of Jesus. What's the moral of walking on water? What's the moral of feeding the multitudes? What's the morals of it? What's the moral of the story? Just like in African traditions, when the elephant spoke to the alligator, we know damn well the alligator didn't talk to the elephant. The elephant didn't respond back to the damn alligator. We know that. But right. what is the moral of the alligator speaking to the elephant, what the alligator said to the elephant, <laughs> the elephant being so naive as to listen to the alligator? It's what's the moral. So it's the same thing in these other faiths that I tell people, what's right. the moral? Or you don't get caught up in with Jesus, this figure, and that figure, this, that. What's the damn moral? If that's what you hold to. You know, we said that. I, and, and I don't want to get off the subject because we don't want to turn this into... That subject. We're talking about the black family. Then when you're listening, let's talk about it. Black family with uh, Makeda, your brother Yanga. Uh, and press one if you want to say something about it. If you want to get in here. Yeah, come, and, on, and, and, come on in and let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, and I know that it seems like we're all over the place, but even that was relative. As to we're talking about perception, we're talking about definition and defining something, then we're talking about perceptions. So even the morals of the cultures, the religions, whatever we take, or not the morals, the influences of them, um, or really go into our shape in the black family. Like you said, Makeda, earlier, you know, there are people who have put relatives out because they've become pregnant or something. You know? And and, and based on... You know what? Or just not being able to control certain aspects of a situation and you know like is that really helpful is that helpful right. for what it is that you're trying to do like for real if you really if you're really looking out for the best interest of someone is it helpful i mean and and i mean short of something that they're doing being destructive to the family or destructive to you know what i'm saying to to what you've got going and if it's you know against the the core, the group, you know, the collective. But is it constructive for you to be so staunch in any way that that you put a person in the, in a situation and pose sanctions against them in a certain type of way? Like you, again, I think it's just about <clears throat> making it make sense for real and learning how to be critical about how we move with each other. Period. Yeah. Like, let's let's really be mindful and, and still be compassionate, but be mindful of how we handle each other. Just be mindful. Like yeah. if, if if bumping your head, if my child bumping his head is going to, you know, make him understand something, I really don't have to step in and go, you're not going to do that, or I'm going right. to, you know what I'm saying? No, you're going to bump your damn head. And you're going to figure it out, right. and you'll come back to the table. And you're going to come back to the table because I started a conversation with you because I don't just let you run out the window. I ain't going to let you just jump out the window. I'm going to go, hey, son, <laughs> if you jump out that window, there's a whole – you you are five flights off the, off the ground. There's a good chance you can kill yourself. 
You know what I'm saying? Real yeah. good chance. Or you could land on something on the way down. It's a couple of awnings down there. You might crash through them. It might break your fall just a little bit. Like, you know, we're going to have a conversation about it. But if you decide to run out there, I can't. You know, what am I going to be able to do to stop you from doing that thing that's going to be, you know, that's going to be less destructive, you know, because, again, now you're resentful because you couldn't do what you wanted to do. Because you couldn't, yeah. you know, and you feel like I stood in your way from you doing something you wanted to do. And I'm not talking about something as extreme as running out a damn window, but, you know, for real. Like, he want to do something mm-hmm. now. I ain't necessarily with it, my son. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily with it. I'm not really against it. You know, it's a, you know, six to one, half a dozen of the other. I don't know how this might turn out, son, but I want you to weigh out everything. I want you to weigh out everything and, you know, remember that you, you you do have me to come back to, to talk to about this thing. You know, mm-hmm. I remember when my aunts and my aunts and uncles and stuff were younger, they wanted to move out and get their places with the, the boyfriend, significant other, whatever, you know, my grandmother would be in a, all in a shit. For real, excuse me, but she'd be all in they, you know, yeah. all in their their situation, and it's like, okay, you really, you really can't say how that's gonna turn out. You don't know how that's gonna turn out. Um, Man, and I'm not gonna right. be messy about it and get off into their relationship, but I do want, I do want him to understand that you really do have to think about everything that you're doing at this point. You know, it's going to call on you to be a real adult to do certain things. You know, um, you're talking about splitting uh, finances and, and making sure that things are things are taken care of that you haven't had to take care of in the past. Um, right, right. Again, I, I'm, know, not, then, I'm not trying to talk, hold you at home. I'm not trying to keep you from living. Is it, is it, is it, is it relationship? For a roommate, it's a relationship. Yeah, see, like, you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. Like, that's why I'm telling you, I'm old school. I'm, I'm like the old school brother. But first of all, I'm gonna tell you why I don't, I don't advise shacking up. We don't call it what we used to call it. Shit, shack it up. <laughs> why I don't advise it? Like you said, not only, yeah, not only are you learning, do. The reality, or you know, the, yeah, we were calling this talking about realities, but what is presented as the reality of life, you have to be able to fumble through that and make the mistakes of that on your own without the burdens of a relationship. Now you're going to also yeah. try to hold down a relationship. See, when you first right. get out there, go, I tell young men, when you're going out in the world, get a roommate. Both of y'all knuckleheads can fuck up, rent together, or do whatever you guys are going to do together. Y'all go back to moms or what. Learn life without the pressures of having to be somebody's man. You we know what I'm we saying? We didn't have this discussion. Believe me. So, right. <laughs> that That's one. I'm like, baby, That's everybody true. needs to be on their own, not own for man. Right. Secondly, Ooh. I would think. So y'all done had that one. So, you know, you sound yeah. like me. Secondly, like I tell brothers, if you ain't looking long-term to be with this person forever, what you're doing is setting yourself up for failure because in your 
establishing years where you should be finding yourself, getting your bank account together, getting your credit together. So when you do meet mm-hmm. Mrs. Wright or whatever, when you do meet the one, you present, you have something to present yourself as a decent person. Here's what I mean by black family morals again. Now, when you're coming to my daughter, shit, you got something to present. Not some nigga that just been hopping from woman to woman. All you ever known is shacking up. You don't even know how old you are. And what's you, crazy? What's, I, and I don't want to call it crazy. I don't want to yeah. call it crazy. And we ain't even talking about. We're talking hypothetically. We ain't even talking about your beautiful. Well, I, I'm no, no, man. Oh no, you I'm are. I'm talking about you what see. I see. I'm <laughs> 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 the reality of what I see. It's because I really like I like this I like this young lady, you know, and yeah. um, he loves her. Like they spend all their time together. And he has bought her a property. So oh, he, and he believes that this is, you know, that this is his future. He does. But again, like you said, this is the same thing I took to him. Like when I was, I was talking, I was, you know, just having any any old discussion with my guy, and he was saying, um, you know, he he had been married before, and he said, you know, if I had known better, I would have had everything together. I would have I would have had all the things that I needed in my kingdom to bring my queen in too. You know, all of mm-hmm. those things would have been in place. And so I you know, and this was one of the things he was like, if I had had that kind of influence in my life then, you know, the foresight to be able to, you know, to understand, mm-hmm. and he said the same thing you said about you know coming to his daughter. He said he walked his daughter through the house and he turned on the lights, turned on and off the lights. He uh, opened the drawers and stuff, and he just you know walked through the house, walked through the house, basically showing the different features of her existence that exist because he supplies them. You know, mm-hmm. and he said, when somebody takes you away from here, they should be essentially telling you that they're going to do all these things <laughs> that I provide yeah. you. Does he have any sons? Otherwise, they can leave you here. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, okay. if they can't do me better, if they can't do you no better than, than what I've done, then what are they taking mm-hmm. you out of this situation for? Does so he have any sons? Does he have any son? Does he have any son? He has a son, and he has three daughters. Yeah. Well, I hope he walks his son through the house. And uh, oh, I no, hope no. He walks his son. yeah, and lets him know, you know. Uh, uh, at the same time, this is the type of stuff you have. because when we raise our daughters, what to accept? We have to raise our sons. To be those type of Absolutely. producers. What's it right? And that's but that's yeah. what he was saying, you know. So he's he's been that example. He's been that example for his son, which is more than what he had, which is far more than what he had. So it's like you know, they have that. They have a benefit of that. Um, but that's something that I've you know I've had to have that conversation about. Like you know, you really don't. Man, 
if that's a weight. But what I can't do is I can't be messy and, and because I want you to do it the way I want you to do it. Right. I can't get in front of it and be a, you know, and, and be a hindrance to you. You know, all I can do right. is try to help you where I can now because if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And that's what I understand. Right. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You know, and and what's going to be most helpful for your situation and, you know, our situation on a whole, our relationship, my relationship with this girl, my relationship with you, you know, and if you all should have children. You know what I'm saying? What's going to be helpful is that I am still your mother and I'm not so, you know, I'm not so stuck on what I think you should do or how I think, you know, society would view the success of this family as opposed to what in reality is going to work and actually, you know, come out in the end, come out, how they say it, it all, it all come out in the wash, you know what It all saying? come out in the wash, yeah. Right. I, I think we have to address things the way we see them going and just know that, okay, if you're not going to do it this way, all I can do is play the part that I can play in making this work to the best of my ability. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to bend to your whatever you're doing. <laughs> it just means that I'm going to support you in the best way I can according to what happens that you've laid out for yourself at this point. Now, if your head is bumped, it, it gets bumped in the process, well, I couldn't tell you no different when I was trying to get you to do different. So, you know, that's just what it is. That's what it is. But it does help when you come out the gate with some kind of understanding, when you come out the gate with a direction um, and a trajectory yeah. for what, you know, what is what is right, what works, what, you know. I think about how in um, Ghana, they talk about my uh, the the sister Kalambai. Her mm-hmm. ex husband is from Ghana, and um, their children are you know he's here, the children are here, she's here, but she was talking about how you know when they go over there, they're. Uh, their whole their whole process is different. The culture is different. Over there, the grandparents raise the children because the parents mm-hmm. are busy, you know, building a life. They're they're busy, mm-hmm. you know, going to work and making sure that things function and everything is taken care of. So the grandparents mm-hmm. spend all the time with the children, and that's the structure of the family, you know. They're not raised by their, they're not raised like we're raised here by our parents. So the moral, mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of bent that too. <laughs> but we've bent it for other reasons. You know, we've bent it because yeah. of circumstance. You know, we've fallen into the hands of our grandparents. That, like that's, that's their culture, to be raised by their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And therefore, right. this, is how, this is how those, those traditions and that the definition of family and the direction of family stays in line because it's always the elder that's raising the children. It's never the younger, the younger, you know, set. 
that's raising the children. And, you know, and that keeps on perpetuating itself. So they come up with the same, you know, they kind of come up with the same standard, basically. Um, Yeah, I can see see the wisdom in that, yeah. Right, and that could be very helpful. Like if we had that that kind of definition, that kind of process to raising children, raising our families, and, you know, it doesn't have to be just that, but it's, you know, something that gives us, and understanding as to how to keep this thing on a path, the path that we right, want it yeah. to be on, you know, that we decide we want this thing to go. Nothing can yeah. come in between this and, and say, oh, no, we, but we're going to do, you know, children and family services. What? No. <laughs> no, we right, not doing right. none of that. Right, right. None we got our own way out of this. <clears throat> right. You know, but that that that's I love that you shared that story because when you talk about their culture, how they allow the grandparents to come in, that's their reality. That's the reality that they've created. That's their culture. That isn't a stigma. And see, that can mm-hmm. be so beneficial because we do it anyway. When that just becomes something that we accept, like you know what, right. grandparents are an integral part of our raising our children. Why don't we embrace right. that as a part of our culture? Where they say, well, you know what. The black Africans or the Africans in America, the Africans that are indigenous right. to America, uh, the grandparents are very instrumental in raising their children. That's a part of their culture. When we hold there again, you know, uh, other people's cultural norms to white male mm-hmm. supremacy, a woman's supposed to, mama supposed to be raising the kids. So when the grand, you, know, you always drop your kids off at the grandparents, you always drop your kids. You see what I'm saying? The stigma right. attached to things that are beneficial to us, and then we find in other cultures have accepted it as their social norm. That's what you do. Right. You know, that's what you Very do. Very true. Very true. You know, because I, I hear we take that attitude. I even hear the grandparents sometimes taking that attitude. I ain't going to be watching no damn kids. They say that. Man. They say that. And them grandbabies be going, they be fighting for them babies. Mamas can't even get them babies back. Don't be doing that, baby, like that. So let me tell you, know, you something. I, I Look, let me tell what, you. <laughs> okay, my my sister right. told me one. You know, when she was talking, and she was talking about uh, my nephew's son, her first, my nephew's son, mm-hmm. Carter J. I call, and he's mm-hmm. three, and let and he is super intelligent, cute, and tell, but. You let her tell it. He's the only three-year-old that exists on the planet. So I told her that way. That's what I'm talking He's about to win the Nobel Peace Prize. He's the smartest. She said, and he is. And she said, but you know, you'll understand it. She said, bruh, I'm telling you, it's nothing like a grandbaby's love or loving that. He said, my children were one thing and I love them. But he said, this grandbaby. So I'm looking forward to experiencing it. My oldest is, is 17, so I still got a couple years. Uh, so I'm looking forward to experiencing it. We'll see, we'll see what this You know what, what really, it's it's another, and I, I tease my daughter about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I, I somewhat feel this for real. Like, it would have been easier to have grandbabies and, and have them first. <laughs> It would have been, I mean, my daughter wasn't a she wasn't a burden to me at all. She really wasn't. But I'm telling you, the feeling it's euphoric. It's something. It, it's a whole nother kind of 
something that happens to you as a grandparent. Um, and I, I can remember, like, it was a constant grounding with this baby. It was an emotional grounding with the baby. He's like very literally like um, um, like the manifestation of like if if, if catharsis was a, a person, you know what I'm saying? Like for real. This he's healing to me. For real. Yeah. So um it's another kind of love. It really is. And I never understood that that, you know, uh metaphor of it being a different type of love. And it was something that was so, you know, it, you really can't describe it. But I felt it and I've I've felt it in such a way as I've, you know, held on to him and just would sit there and I would just tears would just flow down my face. Why? Because I knew there was going to be a time that I wouldn't be with him. This was way before I had to go, you know, before I knew I was going to leave. And it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's something else. It's it's something else. It truly is. So you got something to look forward to. You really <laughs> Wow. Okay. You really do. I kid you not. Uh, I boy. Look, I got tears in my eyes right now. I'll talk to my dude. Really, I'm just Man, we well. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, can the continuation of Black Family. I'm looking forward to establishing that with uh, uh, Black Family and to redefining it and creating new definitions, new terms, new ways. Man, it's exciting. It is new definitely ways exciting. New and and new ways of seeing things that aren't necessarily new ways of seeing things. You know, it's just that we've gotten away from seeing them that way. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't look at our children as blessings in a lot of in a lot of ways. We look at them as burdens, but we look at them as burdens because you know, because of our condition. Because we're yeah. colonized. Sometimes we don't even want to bring babies into this world because we're afraid mm-hmm. for them before they even get here. You know, so we we understand the reality of what they have to deal with and what we have to deal with. But, you know, it is still a blessing. And every, I tell people this all the time, every birth is not a live birth. And every woman that goes in to give birth does not come out alive either. It don't happen. So it is definitely a blessing. When you know, and you are as close to death as you probably gonna get on purpose. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? In, the, okay. in those, in that moment that you give birth, you 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 know. So it's one of those things, and it's also something that we need to look at when when we're having children. You were talking about earlier how um, these youngsters are going in and they're pregnant three and four times, and you know, like, do you understand that? you're playing with something that could take your life. Do you understand with people do. that you don't you don't even mm-hmm. know and you're not mm-hmm. you're not trying to grow with. You can lose your life on do. the table. Yeah. I don't think the sanctity, the sacredness, the seriousness of right. of it all because things Maybe. become so routine. I've I've said that before. Something can become so routine and so everyday that it loses its sacredness, like air, like oxygen. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, it's something you just take for granted, but it's so precious. And I think that that's what the whole intimacies, sex, childbirth, it has been so overexposed and overplayed and just so overdone in society and our community that it has lost its sacredness. You know what I'm saying? And when I say it's sacredness, don't get me wrong, I'm not no Franciscan monk. You know, I ain't one of these, right. I'm right. not that dude. You know what I'm saying? But what I mean is that the it has become so commonplace. It it's not even anything to uh, and I'm not talking about for people my age. I like to think we're from a, a, a unique era, Makeda. You know, when we we're <laughs> from the era when we know we like people, we like people, and we decide to allow that person to be in our life intimately. That means a little something. However that means. I'm just talking about, man, for my young people there. So I use this example. My nephew, who is my tie to the young world, he's in his 20s, and he's what keeps me hipped or horrified. It depends what he's telling me. Um, and, man, he'll tell me about, like, a date he just met and be like, yeah, you know, I met Shorty, man, this and that. And, like, met at the burger spot. And by the end of 20-minute conversation and a large fry mm-hmm. in the backseat doing some stuff, shit, I was married right. before I knew it was humanly possible. You know, it's just <laughs> this type of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just this type of over-sexualization to where it's just so commonplace. And then what happens with that is the ramifications and repercussions behind it are... Um, not as like we don't think about it. You know, we don't think about right. pregnancies. We don't think about diseases. We don't think about right. things like that because the action was so common that the ramification couldn't be real. The right. reaction to it couldn't be that major. You know, so we don't think. Right. You know, we don't think about it. And then we're in a whole another a whole set of set of circumstances, situation circumstances. Right. Yeah. You know, I I would like to think at some point you at least, at the very least, you think about because I I used to always tell my son I don't you know whoever you land with son I don't care whether you use a condom or not you have to think about the potential of raising a child with that person. Right. Period. Right. And what they are for you know being the soil that you plant your seed in. Like, who are they? What are they? How are they? You know, for real. And can you deal with that? Can you deal with the consequences of having brought a life forth with this individual and mm-hmm. having to, you know, having to deal? And the same thing as as a woman, there, it, there came a point where even when I wasn't, even when I wasn't, looking at a relationship on a long-term basis, because there was a point, you know, that whole Franciscan monk mm-hmm. thing, it don't exist no. uh, for exactly. me. But, <laughs> but I would all, I would find myself thinking, if in fact I ended up pregnant, what kind of person this person is? Number one, I, I have to have a connection with you, and it has to be something deeper than just, you know, hey, you know, and a and a fry 
You know what I'm saying? Nah, it's, okay. it's not that. And Word. when I say it's got to be deeper, it's got to be deeper. It can't. It can't just be on the surface. Um, mm-hmm. but what kind of person is this? And if I if I ended up pregnant by this person, you know, how do I feel about their ability to co-parent with me and to wow. be you know and to be a parent with me? Mm-hmm. You know, I. Whether we whether we did this thing and we were trying to be careful or if it's if it was an oops, you know what I'm saying? Because my thought was after I had my after I had my daughter, my thought was you know 100. percent I I would never consider having an abortion. It wouldn't happen. <clears throat> so if something happened and I ended up pregnant, what type of person have I laid with? You know. And mm-hmm. is it worth my life? Shit, for real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it worth my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it was serious to me at that point. That's deep. That is deep. You know, is it worth my life? You know, I right. I don't know what it's going to take. And I think all of that goes back into, like we talking about redefine family, something that discusses when pregnancy is discussed or childbirth is discussed. I don't know if the women folk are going to have to bring that mm-hmm. very real topic and and uh, possibility up. You know what I'm saying? Damn, that's deep. You know, death is a possibility. Is this Negro that's sitting there winking and blinking? He don't look at you. When you hmm. see, if I was a woman, you just ruined it for me. If I was a woman, boy, thank God. Because <laughs> that would have just ruined it for me. Is this Negro because <laughs> he's licking his lips, being half-ass slick, worth death? Worth death. You know, and then I mean, now I see why baby, what they call baby mamas. I'm sorry for the negative slur reference, sisters, if if, if it's taken up. But I can see why they know that. It's like, nigga, I almost died yeah. for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, they don't right. do that fashion, but that's happy. Absolutely. You know, it's like, yo, man. So we got to, we, we really have to lend back uh, the whole importance of that being not just this woman, you know, this sister is that close to death. I think that brothers have to be taught that too, you know, so yeah. that he will be able to appreciate what Absolutely. this woman is bringing to I'm, the table. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. So, I, I, my again, my daughter and her, her husband, mm-hmm. they um, they knew each other for six months before they got married. They right. got married. Not too long after the end, they announced that, you know, this baby was coming. Um, they literally don't spend any time where they're not together, for real. Like, he go to work. That's it. That's it, literally. I'd be like, wow. I don't know if I've ever liked anybody that much in my life. But, um, mm-hmm. look, being, having been married and all, I don't know if I ever liked yeah. But he he um he was there, you know. I I kind of went in as my daughter's um as her doula, and yeah. you know as her mom, as her doula, you know, as supporting her in this process. When I tell you, I could not believe how without them taking any classes, I could not believe how organically supportive he was of her. Yep. 
wanted he wanted to be everything to her. And when mm-hmm. after the baby was born, it was like he was like, Ma, you know, you watch the baby, I'm watching her. And then he wanna come over and see the baby, Ma. Could you go watch her while I'm watching the baby? Like he yes. wanted to be in yes. every yes. position. Yes. And yes. it was Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, Michaela, we we lost you in the middle of a wonderful story. But absolutely. I could agree. Let, let me let and and I tell you why. I could I know what you're saying is the truth, because most brothers, when they enter these religions, especially religious Islam, they want to do what's right. They're searching for God. They're searching for righteousness. They're searching for examples in their life and directions. Okay, there we go. Are <laughs> uh, you open? There we go. We got you open. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know... I- there came a point where it was it was kind of touch and go with what was going on with her, and he, him being so attuned to her, mm. he was you know he was crying, he was worried, he was you know what I'm saying this dude that mm-hmm. that normally mm-hmm. under any other circumstance would be, you know he chest poked out you know caveman yeah. type dude. Yeah. He was so worried and so, like I said, just concerned to the degree that he didn't want nobody coming in. He didn't want nobody else coming in that room, bothering her, mm-hmm. didn't want nobody that, you know. And I was like, I, if nothing else, I appreciate him for his, his, I don't know, his his empathy for my daughter, you know, and that's his wife. But his, his yeah. real genuine you know, concern and his love for her to the degree that he, you know, no, just don't let nothing happen to my wife, you know. Right. And I think that letting letting men in on that process helps them to understand that, you know, like this is this is serious. This is serious. You know, this yeah. is not to be played with. Because she could not come out of this, and you're you're at that point, you have to have a support system to help raise a child by yourself. If she don't come out of this, okay, and right. if your child okay. does not come out of this, how can you support her? How are you going to support mm-hmm. her and yourself? Because this is a loss either way. It's a you you're both parents at this point. It's a loss, and a loss is a loss. So, you know, it's it's. Like we, there is a seriousness that needs to be broached from all sides, and for people to understand, like this is something so sacred. And like I said, at the very least, for me, it got to be: I need to know that whoever I have laid with is somebody that mm-hmm. values me and values the possibility that we could end up having a child together. And what yes. kind of person I feel like they they would be in the life of that child, you know, like for real, real talk. Is, are they going to be there? Are mm-hmm. they going to, you know, are they going to be who they need to be? Mm-hmm. 
But you get you Real get sweat. to that after having these conversations and and you know defining what's important in having family. What is mm-hmm. what is what is the role of that male that you know that needs to be there in that child's life. Mm-hmm. What is the role that that child needs and that male needs to, you know, that man needs to be able to say, you know, that they are, they are productive and they are a, a, a significant and essential part of a, of their child's life. Right. That's that's all a part of that conversation. So I, you know, that's a very big, very big part. Of it. Very big part of that conversation. And you know, and, and, and we have to grow to maturity where we're able to yeah. have those conversations. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know we what? I, I, I think we, we do, but we also have to, for those of us like myself who, mm-hmm. who think like that, right? For those of us like mm-hmm. you who are going to think in that, in that vein, I believe that we need to be the ones who broach these conversations in the first place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For real. You know, we need to be the ones yeah. who bring this to the table because who else is thinking it or who else is thinking yeah. it? Who's going to take the responsibility of saying, Hey, tap them on the shoulder and go, Hey, <laughs> mm. okay. you might want to think about, you might want to think about it another kind of way first before you do yeah, something you know, like that. Right. Right, slow down in that in, in that thinking, you know. And prayerfully, we hope that this can become uh, the norm for us as a people. You know, a thinking that is, and to go back to because we're gonna we, we wind down in these last ten minutes. I, I know I'm gonna cut our time a little short uh, in these last ten mm-hmm. minutes. I just had something super major come up. Um, okay, but that's what it's about. In in Breaking, you know, our thinking being advantageous, our definition being advantageous to us right. as a people. Okay, in our last couple minutes, and, and they're getting listening to the audience. I know y'all are like, oh, man, these shows have been short. I know you're just loving us. So, okay, in our last couple minutes, though, we, I, shoot, what do you want to What do you want to say? What do you want to leave our parting, parting listening audience with? You know, really... Um, I, I try to stay on the stay on the topic. You know, I think what I want to leave them with this week is be good to each other. You know, really think about and and be intentional in whatever you do, but think about it in a way that's going to be as as you said advantageous to the situation. You know, don't just do things because, you know, the, by definition of someone else, um, you're moving. By definition yeah. of society, you decide to do or, you you know, you make certain moves that may just be rash. You know, really think about what your circumstances are and understand reality. <laughs> reality, the reality right. of everything. and. Right. You know, don't just fall for the okie doke because ain't nobody rewinding live TV. <laughs> and that's, that. that's in your real life. Ain't nobody rewinding live TV. So, you know, you, you you better move the way you know to move, you know, the way you, the way you understand reality to be. And yeah. focus on things in that, in that vein. Um, 
I'm always glad to be here. I always feel, you know, it's a it's a good space to be able to express what it is that's going on in our communities and be able to talk to each other, bounce ideas off of each other. Um, I just hope, you know, until we meet again, everybody that's listening and everybody that, you know, wants to say something can come in, chime in, say what you need to say. Let's talk about it for real. Let's get some understanding, some clarity. Let's move forward and let's grow. Let's really grow. That's pretty much it. That's right. I love that. All right, that with that fam, we're gonna leave you guys. I love that last verse. Let's come together, but really let's grow. With that with Makeda. Yeah. Thank you for holding down spending you know, being here. Oh. You know, we be here every Tuesday for taking out that time. All right. All right. So with that so with that family, we'll see y'all next Tuesday. We'll have our boy on. Let's talk about it. I'm gonna leave you like we always greet you. Wake up, clean up, king up, queen up. Mm-hmm. And definitely yeah. stand up. Yeah. Of Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gon' body this hood politics, acknowledging. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One Money I duck, could it be my time is up with my love I got up, the cops shot again Bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in Blacking out, I shoot back, fuck getting hit This is my hood, I'm a rap to the death of it To everybody, come on, little niggas is grown Look 